Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm okay. Um, how are you and how did it go yesterday? I'm fine and it went so well. Um, it was Henrietta Galina and Jason Campbell. And you know they have this really lovely podcast called The Conversations. Mm -hmm. And they're both super-duper fashion insider people. And it was just really lovely. Like, they just, they came to the Courtauld, and they were, we were in the lecture theatre. Um, and it was just really great fun. Like, we had a really nice audience. There were lots of my lovely students, and then, um, you know, journalists, PR people, all kinds of different people there. It was really nice. And... It was just really interesting having it, I think, because they, they know each other really well. So they kind of had a really sort of natural conversation. And the question that they posed was, what do we need from fashion, writing and images now? So they kind of had their conversation and then opened it up to the audience, which was really nice. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Yeah, I... Because it was, obviously it was all recorded, so yeah. it will be very exciting when this becomes an actual podcast that we can listen to. Yeah, I've subscribed to them now, so I wait, can't wait for it to pop up in my in my list. Yeah, and it was just really lovely to see both of them. It was really fun. And then I also wanted to tell you, and I'm going to read the title because you know I can never remember the title of anything that I've ever written, but I'm really pleased because... This article that I've been thinking about for a long time about Louise Dolwolf and Tony Frizzell finally came out. And oh, wow. it's called Behind the Scenes with Louise Dolwolf and Tony Frizzell, Alternative Views of Fashion Photography in Mid-Century America. And it came out in this this new journal. It's like issue one of this new journal called Fashion Studies, um, which has been started at Ryerson's University in Canada. Um, and one of the editors is Alison Matthews David. I don't know if you've ever met her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's really nice. Yeah. And I really love her writing. Her book on fashion victims is just so fascinating, so interesting. And so they've got a centre for like fashion diversity and social change. And it's really cool because I don't know if you're aware, but like academic journals are starting to charge for you to publish. Really? Like, so, oh, I didn't know. Like that. you've never been paid any money. You've always had to pay for your own pictures. Yes. But now they charge and they sort of expect your university that you work at to be able to pay. Like they charge between often it's like one and two thousand pounds. Wow. And that's for your journal article to be accessible to people. Oh. Mm. And so that is really quite something. Mm -hmm. And so fashion studies is like we're online, we're free. So it's like free to publish, free to access it. Mm. So it's brilliant because they're really pushing against that push towards a kind of corporate way of thinking about education. And they well, have a really... It's sort of, it feels like withholding knowledge or... It, 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 yeah. Exactly. Because mm. you know, like, if you just want, if you're not a member of a university in some way or other, if you just want to read one article, it can cost you 30 or 40 pounds. Yeah, I know, because, yeah, we at the museum, we have access to some things, but not, not mm. to everything, so... Mm. Yeah, and I, I think it's really pernicious, and I think it's really... As I say, we, you know, academics don't get paid. We do it in good faith mm. and we're doing it to disseminate knowledge and then it's being shut down. So I think fashion studies kind of all hail to them mm. for creating this model and working so hard to make it. And 
they have a really interesting like I'll just tell you some of the other things that are in this oh, first yeah. edition. There's there's like an article on the transients of New York street style. There's something on like early nineteenth century eyeglasses. Um, there's something on um, early fashion mannequins. Um, Orientalism in teens and twenties Vogue. You know, there's a really wide, diverse range of people writing and diverse subjects. And it's so nice I think that it's, it's really good. It's nice that there's something more historic as well. Yes, um, exactly. It's a real mixture, and and it's a mix of kind of writing in different, slightly different ways as well. Like they're really open to how you want to write, and if you mm. want to, if you're a practitioner and you want to write, or if you're an academic, and I think that's really so laudable, and yeah, so good for them, we say. Yes, and I can't wait to read that. Well, thank you, I, and you can just download it, you yes. can just get your PDF, <laughs> you do not have to pay any money, Wow, fantastic. it's just there for you, Fantastic. so that's really nice. Yeah. And then the third thing, Mm-hmm. which is not information and news like my first two things, but a discussion that I wish to have with you. Okay. Okay, so this combines two of things I love, which is the American look, mm-hmm. and the second thing is going on holiday. <laughs> yes. And the the thing that unites these things is my fascination with capsule wardrobes, travel wardrobes, and packing. Oh, yeah, fantastic. So do you have I such know. a thing? I do. When, when, because we're just going like ne- end of next week, we're just going to Brighton for a few days as a like the academic year has finished, we're at the seaside, we are relaxing mm-hmm. kind of statement to yeah. ourselves. And I'm just like, what I do, because I want to know what your process is when packing. Oh dear, I don't think you want to know actually. I, I, think... I, I think I do. <laughs> okay, but you go first. Oh, all right. We go, let's so... go from the sublime to the ridiculous. <laughs> Well, I don't know which will be which. It depends on someone's standpoint. But as you know, Claire McCardle, love yes. her. Vera mm. Maxwell, love her. Invented the travel wardrobe in the 1930s. And I look to them always as my model of how I pack. So I start with like skirts, trousers, etc. So the bottom half. Mm-hmm. So I put like the number of them that I will need for the number of days that I am there. And then I choose tops, which will go with them and potentially could go with any of them and potentially could be worn in different ways with them. Mm -hmm. So I like pile this on my bed and then I edit to make sure I'm not (laughs) overpacking. I think that's where I go terribly wrong. (laughs) And then I add my shoes and accessories. Mm. And I think realistically, I'm there that amount of time. How much can I truly wear? And I think to myself, I'm going to make the choices now, not when I'm there. So I'm going to tell myself what I'm going to wear. Actually, that, that's what I do. That's very good. And I, I used to do that when, you know, when I worked in the art gallery and we had to go, oh, yes. we had to, go to art fairs. And sometimes I think the longest one was like nine days and I had mm. to be presentable. Um, and I, I got that wrong first time around. I didn't think about it properly and then I learned my lesson and I did what you did. I actually decided beforehand what I was going to do, mm. wear each day. That's the only way. I'm not so disciplined on my holidays. I think I usually take too much. 
Um, not that I actually have that much, and not that there's a huge variety in what I have. It should all work together with everything, but it sort of doesn't. I think I have my set things that I wear together. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's not unusual. But I know I'm I'm doing a sort of similar kind of thing in terms of. But I I I get the feeling you like packing, whereas oh I, I do. Yeah, I I I don't. I think it's having to make the choices that is that, that I find that quite hard. Well, you know me. I'm very categorical, so mm. I enjoy that. Yeah. And I enjoy, like, thinking, here's my base color scheme, mm-hmm. but then here's, like, some little variety moments. Mm. And I enjoy the accessorizing of, like, thinking, mm, this will change that outfit if I wear it like that or like that. So I do, because I do just love, 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 like the Claire McCardle travel wardrobes just make me want to cry with loveliness. So talk me through that then. Well, there are different size ones. There are ones that are five or seven pieces. So it would often be like there's a lovely one that's like chambray that's like to take to the beach that I might not get all the components right, but I think it's like a little skirt, a sort of bra top, a little jacket, um, shorts, and then I can't think what number five is. Mm. Um, and so you can wear them different, what you can wear them in different combinations. And there's like an amazing, early sort of 1930s one that's like all ribbed black knit with these fantastic resin buttons. That's like palazzo pants, shorts, skirt, little jacket, little top. And again, you can coordinate. And I think they're amazing. I mean, they're so limited in color though. It's like one fabric unites the whole thing. So those would only really work, I think, for like a weekend or three days or something. But then there are ones that are more kind of on a theme. So, Mm. you know, like there's a nice one, I think, that's later, sort of late 40s, early 50s maybe, that's sort of red, white and blue. But say, for example, the shorts are navy with red stitching and then there's a little knitted top that's white with red and blue flecks. So it's kind of playing around with those that ideas. That sounds wonderful. I'd love to know whether someone actually went for the whole, you know, whether they took it I as inspiration. Know, that would be so good to know. Yeah, or whether someone just, yeah, went for the whole thing. Because, of course, it's like a brilliant marketing exercise, isn't it? Because you can merchandise it really beautifully in the shop and make people feel like they should buy the whole thing. Yes, that's true, mm, because it all works so beautifully together. Yeah, because that's what I always think when people say it's to, it's making fashion so easy and everything. And I'm thinking, yeah, and it's also making it really easy to sell. Mm, yeah, that's true. Mm. Because, because you can put it in the shop, it's going to look really cute together. And... Yeah, it's really enticing to think I should have the whole thing to really do it properly rather than just I'll just buy the skirt or something. Mm. So I think it's brilliant, brilliant. It's capitalism working, really, as well as as dress. Yeah. And I always like this phrase when years ago I wrote something on Donna Karen and their press people sent me like their press pack. And there was this like bold quote from her, which was a modern system of dressing, which I always rather liked that phrase. Yeah, because it sort of appealed to my organizational desire. And I was thinking of Donna Karen when you were talking, but I think Mm. I I always really like the idea of having like a bodysuit and then a skirt or red. I've just never quite felt I had totally the right body for that kind of thing. I mean, I know everyone can wear what, you know, I just didn't feel comfortable 
wouldn't feel comfortable in that either. But I really always really liked the idea. Yeah, it's um, a nice idea because she did seven easy pieces, didn't she? Which was really looking to McArdle and Maxwell mm. and all those precursors. Mm. And yes, it's a lovely idea of principle. I mean, I think, I mean, I think bodysuits are not as fabulous when you actually wear that's them. That's true. As that's the true. idea of them, mm. because when I've tried to wear them, I've just thought this is one of the most annoying garments I've ever encountered. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have to totally undress a few times yeah. a day, which and, is not good. And I do, yeah, like you, I kind of really like the idea of it. And I think the thing is, when I'm packing, I always try and make it not like that I've just got all one fabric or all one colour, because I think that can get super boring. Mm. But I think there is something, and I like I like the idea of like trying to think, what what is it to dress in a modern way? And mm, that if sounds, you're being, that if sounds you're being like modern... For, an, for another podcast... I know. Maybe that is another whole book yeah. and an exhibition. Mm. But like, what, what, what does that mean? Maybe that's something we can ponder. Yes. Um, and I like the idea of being rational, but then I also like that fashion is contradictory. So you can be simultaneously irrational and have frivolous things. Mm. Yeah. Well. So, what are your frivolous things? My accessories. Your accessories, yeah. I was just thinking earrings. Earrings can be very earrings. frivolous. I yeah. do like frivolous earrings. I like frivolous scarves that you can wrap in your wrap around your hair yeah, and that sort of thing. Good. And I like pretty sandals. Hmm. I used to have do this other classic mistake, um, or maybe it, it isn't normally a mistake, but it was in my case that I. Because I have this sort of set combinations, I thought, mm, I'm gonna make, I'm going on holiday, I'm gonna mix it up a bit, and then I take something that I think in theory would work really well with this thing, and I haven't tried it out together, and then usually it just really didn't work. So I had this extra thing in my suitcase that I then just uh, never wore. Mm. That's annoying. Yeah, very annoying. I mean, I think it's also because I hate carrying yeah. stuff. No, I remember when we went to Antwerp, I was very impressed. <laughs> I, know, like, I had like a back and a normal sized yeah. rucksack in the backpack I mean yeah and I, I looked like I was going away for five days <laughs> oh, typical no it's always like ridiculous how small my bag is but it's just it's a combination of yeah fascination with Claire Cardle and complete dislike of carrying things and, and being able to make decisions I think ultimately that's my issue it's yeah. just I can't you know I'm trying to put off decisions always so it's the same with packing well I'm thinking maybe for our next joint trip mm -hmm. we should do like try out all our outfits and Polaroid them and do a mood board and I don't know that kind of thing Oh, that sounds very good. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we'd enjoy doing that, yeah. even if it didn't actually contribute to what we eventually brought with us. Yeah, no, I think that would be very good. Um, very yeah. good project. I haven't got a Polaroid camera, but I, I'm sure we could get one specially. Yeah, yeah. we can. Because it has to be Polaroids because they're just so cool. I think I still have mine somewhere. Oh, excellent. But I don't okay, know. well, then we should do this. Yeah, okay, that's a plan. Yeah, so that's what I've been thinking about is capsule wardrobes. Yeah, very good. And also, also, like, I think it's interesting the way that they're linked to technology. So, like, that it's development of cars and Greyhound buses across America and trains and planes and boats and all those kind of things becoming, like, part of your holiday, if you know what I mean, that they're, like, part of it. 
Yeah, and I guess in Donna Karen's case, it's also development, I'm sure, of sort of stretchy fabrics, um, technology in that way. Yes. I might be wrong there, but... um... I don't know. I think it could also be... I wonder if it's it's like... Because obviously Lycra existed already Mm. and stretchiness, but I wonder if it's being extended more into being used for day wear rather than exercise wear. I wonder when that happens. Yeah, I don't know. And also maybe better quality, it being applied to better quality Mm. fibres or something, or used with better quality fibres, so that someone like Donna Karen can use it and make it kind of more luxury. Yeah, something to look into. Exactly. But what about you? What have you been doing? Well, I've been doing a little bit of the same. Um, I'm, you know, I mentioned before I'm giving this talk on Friday, so I've been I've been to the British Library again, looking at the Society magazines. But I think that's that's it now. Oh, interesting. <laughs> oh, you've done all your research now. I think so. Yeah. Um, well, I better have. I don't have any more time. <laughs> um, but I I don't think I'm done with looking at Society magazines. I'm sure I'll do that again in the future. But for for this purpose. But what I I it's maybe a stupid question or a daft question but I I sometimes wonder when I look at a photo from the past so this was all sort of 1718 1917 some people then there are all these pictures in the magazines as I mentioned before from sort of charity events so you often get a group of women like three to eight sometimes standing in front of a stall um, where they've just been selling something oh I see and you often one or two stand out and and always underneath you get who they are and they stand out as being looking particularly fashionable or elegant and I always wonder how do I pick them out because is it because I've looked at so many images of that period and I, you know also images in vogue that show what is actually deemed fashionable so I compare or is it because I pick on women that conform to the beauty ideals now or you know it's it's quite weird I think if you look at a photo that isn't from your own time how you can still pick out someone who who looks more elegant or whatever word you want to use or someone where you can see they've tried to be fashionable um and sometimes you can even you feel oh they've tried but it didn't quite work and yes where how do you know that I find that maybe that's a silly question but no I think it's really interesting I mean I think whether you're looking at old photographs or new, I think some people just know how to wear clothes. Like they know how to carry themselves in particular clothes and they're photogenic. Mm. Um, so I guess there's that and kind of being symmetrical and wearing clothes that fit, all of those things that will make you look yeah, more I think in that, line. Yeah, that's um, a good idea, yeah, that they fit. Yeah, fit, I think, is paramount. Um, I suppose it's also, I, I know exactly what you mean. I think it's really fascinating when you can see what someone's going for, but they haven't quite achieved it. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting that they've maybe got the shoes wrong or they're wearing the right blouse, but they've put the collar in a weird way that doesn't work and it's kind of those I always think it's like you know the Freudian idea of parapraxis of like a Freudian slip where you say the wrong thing Mm. and you mean another thing oh yeah Mm. I always think it's like the sartorial version of that it's like a Freudian slip in your clothing or a mal 
which sounds like an undergarment, but I don't mean it to be. Um, um mal, I never can never say that word malapropism. Yes, I, yeah, a malapropism. Mm. Yeah, malapropism. I don't either. Know. But yeah, no, I think it is, and you can see it. Like you can see it now. It's it's like you just you know exactly what the person, what the look in their head is. Mm. But they've done something wrong, and often I think it's as much how they've how they wear it as what it is. Hmm. And I think you're. I think you're right about about the fit. Um, yeah. Because that. Yeah. That sometimes is. I'm just sort of. I'm thinking in particular. For instance, we we took on this wedding dress, and it was worn in 1940, and they gave us a picture from the wedding, and it's it's the bride and the groom, obviously, and the uh, best man and the brother of the bride and an older woman and an older man but they're not the parents um oh no an older woman and then another young woman and this this second young woman so there's the bride and this other young mm. woman she looks very well put together and yes. she looks really elegant so she wears white yes. gloves so it's from 1940 and I think in particularly I seem to remember I haven't got it in front of me she has this um jaunty little brooch on her revere or somewhere near her collar nice. that makes the outfit somehow yes and then and then afterwards i found out that she actually worked for hartnell she was an embroiderer oh, and she embroidered the the collar of the wedding dress for for her for her cousin i think it was um so you know she was part of the fashion um, you know, system fashion world in in London, and you you could really tell she um, and and I thought that was just that that was just so interesting, and, and I it's think it's really fascinating. Yeah, it might have just been the brooch or maybe the yeah the the neat gloves or I don't I don't quite know what it is, but yeah something something. But it's about the combination, it. isn't it? It's just like some people know when to stop with an outfit, but mm. also what to add. Mm. Yeah. And I, I and I think as well, actually I was talking about this with Henrietta and Jason yesterday, that there aren't that many people who are really, really interested in fashion and oh. who really I think people have like a point in their lives maybe where they're really obsessed or like they really think about their looks. But a lot of people it's not a lifelong Yeah, that's obsession. Mm. And I and I think it it's kind of you can tell which ones are really interested in fashion and style and in expressing themselves through what they wear. Mm. And, and I maybe guess that's that, part of it. I guess there's also, yeah, the difference between people who wear high fashion mm. um, and, like, the cliché, they look like fashion plates. And then yes. people who mix it up a bit or do something more. Yeah, it's people more. who have a kind of personal... Mm. aesthetic that even if they're wearing high fashion it's still worn in a way that makes it theirs mm. I yeah. wonder whether it's something that works more with photographs rather than you know I was sort of thinking can I do I get the same impression if I look at a conversation piece say from the 18th century um, that's probably different because the artist smooths some things out I mm. would think mm. I don't know. We'll have to look at some. Yeah. I mean, definitely you can sit, like, if you're sitting on a bus or on the tube or something. Mm. You can kind of see, you can see who is really interested and who isn't and who's 
wanting to look like something else or mm. wanting to achieve a different look that but perhaps is is real for them but also when you sort of sometimes you come across um on online sadly not in in real life on across daguerreotypes of mm. often men who look really cool yes and, yes and i think obviously the word cool wouldn't have been used in the 18 40s or, um, or 50s. Yeah, maybe. Um, so I, I wonder whether what we, you know, what I would now think are the cool dudes, whether at the time, you know, is this something that comes yes, across? Yes, they did then. Mm, come, okay. I bet they did. Because it's often just, I think people who, I think it's like it's expressed through their gesture, their expression, just everything that even if not consciously, they know they look like they, their outfit is good yeah that's true i think there's also in terms of what we said earlier about it clothes fitting i think there's a lot mm. about being relaxed i think that's so important because i always think thank goodness for ready-made clothes because if i was having to make my own clothes <laughs> i would look like a disaster or if you have to get second hand and you can't find you yeah. know if it has to fit really well yes um yes. and you have to buy it second hand and you can't find something that is quite your your yeah. size mm. yeah and 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 you're not skillful at adapting it in some way to make it seem like it fits even if it doesn't mm. but i think the coolness also comes from looking relaxed i like, agree i think that's a really enormous part of it mm. and i think that's about wearing clothes that express who you are rather than what you think you should be for other people mm. yeah that reminds me at, at a, of another occasion when i worked at a trade fair to earn some money and i had to look presentable again and i really didn't have to. i love the way you say you had to look presentable you always look <laughs> yeah that's you very mean... kind i had to look yeah i don't know i i tried well, to i guess con- it's you have to look kind of formal and kind of conservative with this yeah seat. conservative that's right so i i tried mm. to conform to some sort of weird thing i had in my head so i was borrowing mm. clothes from my mother and my stepmother and they were nice clothes but i felt awful i just hated mm. hated it because it just wasn't it just so wasn't right for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess it must come from it does come from feeling good in your feeling that your clothes are the right ones. Yes. For yeah, because that feels amazing. Like when you you've got a good outfit on, you just feel great. Hmm. So I guess that so, comes. And with, I guess that's what we need to achieve in our travel wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah. One but, good outfit after another. Mm-hmm. So we feel great. So we feel great. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting any pressure on myself for it. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I do now. I do now, of course, expect you to take um, to take photos every day <laughs> and send them to me in the morning. <laughs> oh yeah, that may or may not happen. <laughs> I, I, I think it has to. I will text you and say, "Where is it?" <laughs> <laughs> no, but I definitely want to for our next our next travel event we have to do our whole production number beforehand yeah no we have to take it seriously this time yeah uh, well i really i have good. to take it more seriously than i than i normally do yeah it'll, it'll but then good. you might get fed up with me if i'm being strict with you and no, think, no I Beatrice, th- you may not take that no no i think it's good i i, I need help it's fine i can, <laughs> I can see that i can see that <laughs> and 
and because we're hoping our next travel event's Marrakesh, so yeah. I think this is going to be a really exciting oh, one for us. And that will need that will need serious thought. So um, I think it will need serious thought and serious sun care protection. Well, yeah, that's right. Mm. Mm. We're we're going to think from the skin outwards. Okay. Okay. Well, on that note. On that note, I will leave you. Okay. All right, I'll speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.